hello and welcome to the Monster Legend Podcast. I'm your host Tanner and hope you're having a great Monday today and you had a great weekend. It is the 6th of April when this is coming out. Today's episode is Monster Legends of Mississippi. How are you doing today? What is going on? Hope you're staying safe, staying uh, healthy. What is your um, day looking like today? Is it raining? Hope not. Unless you need rain. Could be a farmer or something. Anyway. Hope you enjoy today's episode. And I hope you um, hear about some news that came up that I'll be talking about later at the end of the episode. Alrighty. Mississippi. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. It is the Ole Miss State. Named of one of the largest rivers in North America. Probably the largest. The Mississippi River goes up to the, from the Gulf Coast up to the lakes, the Great Lakes, I believe. And pretty fun. Guess you're all here to get into these stories here about these monsters. Uh, what is certain about the night of October 11th, 1973 is this. When Charles Hickens and Calvin Parker Jr. arrived at the Sheriff's Department in Pascagoula, Mississippi, they were frantic. They told authorities they had just been adopted by aliens. Each had a puncture wound in one arm. Police tried to catch them in a lie, but it didn't work. Both men later passed polygraph tests. Which, by the way, isn't like polygraph tests aren't really admissible in law because they're kind of, kind of bullshit. Above. On Saturday, the riverbank where the man said the close encounter happened got a historical marker, calling it one of the best documented cases of alien abduction. After decades of avoiding media attention, Parker was there for the dedication. Hickson died in 2011. In 1973, Hickens, Hickens was Parker's foreman at a shipyard. The two had gone fishing after work at an abandoned boat launch and we're still there after the sun went down. I was getting tired. I was getting ready to get some more bait, Hickinson told the Washington Post in 1975. I heard a kind of zipping sound. I looked up and saw a blue flashing light. Calvin turned around too. We saw a 30-foot long object with a little dome on top. As it hovered just above the ground, three small creatures emerged. Also hovering, he said. The men were suddenly paralyzed. The creature grabbed them with pincer-type claws and pulled them towards the object, he said. I floated inside, Parker told the Biloxi Sun Herald in 2018. They said they were subject to a physical examination by something that looked like a big eye, a constant mechanical sound buzzing the whole time. And then they were dropped off, right back in the dark delta where they started. Hickson found Parker standing up, 
arms raised to the sky and screaming. He told the post he ran for help. At first, sheriff investigators thought the man had been drunk or lying. After interviewing the men, they left the room with their quarter suddenly secretly taping, holding, hoping to catch the pair dropping the act once they left. But they didn't. They kept on talking about what they had seen and how scared they were. We did everything we knew how to try to break their stories, Jackson County Sheriff Captain Glenn Ryder told the Post in 1975. If they were lying to me, they should be in Hollywood. Overnight, it was national news. There were news conferences and cameras thrust in their still stunned faces. A UFO investigator from Northwestern University flew down and said their story checked out. Skeptics called them liars or said Hickson had an episode of sleep paralysis with hypnotic hallucinations, while Parker was highly suggestible. Believers flooded into Pascola by the thousands, wrapped in aluminum foil and sitting all night on the hoods of their cars waiting for visitors from another world. Hickson was 42 at the time and was well known in the community, so perhaps he felt more able to handle the media crush. He recounted the experience to anyone who would listen. He went on Johnny Carson and Dick Cavett. He published a book in 1983. Parker, on the other hand, was 18 or 19 when it happened. He had just arrived in Pascagoula from an even smaller town and had planned to earn some extra cash before returning home to get married. He told the media he had passed out again the whole affair and couldn't remember what happened. This was the only lie he told, he said to Sun Herald in 2018. In fact, he didn't remember what happened and was so afraid that the aliens had affected him with something that he, when he got home from the sheriff's department, he took a bath in bleach. Within a few weeks, he skipped town, he got married and picked up work in oil fields. If someone at a job recognized him, he would quit. If Hickson was trying to get rich from the story, it didn't work. Parker told the Sun-Herald that before Hickson's death in 2011, he occasionally paid the older man's electric bill. Parker, now in his 60s, slowly come out of hiding in recent years, and in 2018 published a book of his own. In March, as the city was discussing plans for the marker, new witnesses emerged telling the Mississippi Clarion Ledger that on the night in question, they saw an unidentified flying object with flashing blue lights going up and down the Pescola River. He said they kept it secret all his years because they were afraid of people's reactions. One of them, Maria Blair, told the Clarion Ledger, The story is very true. That's what, what has bothered me for probably 45 years. It's been on my mind for 45 years. Wow. Interesting stuff. Strange creature killed in Mississippi. A Simpson County man said he's been hunting for 30 years, for 50 years, but recently killed something he's never seen before. It's an ugly looking beast, Truett Barnard said. I don't, I know it's not a coyote. I've killed many mangy coyotes too. I've seen something, I haven't seen something, I ha just haven't seen something quite like it. Brandon family believes this could be a chupacabra, which literally means goat sucker. 
chupacabras are a legendary creature suspected of killing livestock and sucking their blood. A couple of weeks ago, in the middle of the afternoon, Truett was on his property in Simpson County, just outside Medell. Medell? I don't know. A funny looking animal walked through an open field about 130 yards away. It can immediately tell the animal didn't have any hair, but he looked through the gyroscope. He noticed this was something very strange. The animal's back legs were several inches taller than his front legs, his ears were rounded, he had no hair, and his teeth were very long. It's a true his son, Scott Barnard. Uh, a group of buzzards would even touch it. I never seen anything a buzzard wouldn't eat, Scott said. The mysterious animal mysterious animal had become very popular around Medell, and several people have reported signs of strange animals since news of this one spread. I've seen several different things that say don't happen in Mississippi, Truett said. So finding this creature wasn't a big deal to him. Take a look at the picture and decide for yourself, he said. It looks like a damn dog. That's what it looks like. I don't know what the fuck it is. Looks like some kind of canine. Especially in the mouth area. Okay. We got next up here. <coughs> Mississippi has some interesting folklore. From mermaid worshiping Native Americans to witches and ghosts of all kinds. A folklore ranges from creepy to touching and from weird to sad. Here's some of the intriguing highlights of it. A minute to the end in 1817 as the 20th state, Mississippi had been part of the United States for a while. While it did break away for a while, being part of the Confederacy during the Civil War, it soon rejoined the Union and had been a staple of old-fashioned traditional Southern society since then. Its population was Native American for thousands of years before the European colonization and was largely African American from the time of colonization until the 1930s. After this, the African American in the states moved away for better opportunities during the Great Depression and escaped oppressive Jim Crow laws. It still has the largest per capita African American population of any state, even the state has a majority white even if the state has a majority white population now. Clearly, all this varied and rich cultural history has given Mississippi plenty of folklore that is unique to it. Here are some of the highlights of it. The Witch of Yazoo. What swampy bayou land could be complete without a witchy legend? In Mississippi, it comes from a town of Yazoo, where a witch was said to live in the late 19th century. This witch was supposedly caught in the act of luring fishermen on the Yazoo River onto the shore and torturing and killing them. The sheriff of the town chased her through the swamp where she got caught in a quicksand and drowned. However, before she crossed over, the witch cursed the town and promised to come back in 20 years and burn it to the ground. Coincidentally, or not, a fire swept through Yazoo 20 years later and destroyed over 300 buildings. Witnesses said the flames seemed to leap in the air as if on high winds, despite weather reports for the area a day showing no winds. Plus, the chain links around the witch's grave was found to be broken after the fire, making it all very suspicious. The grave of the witch is still there in Yazoo, the historic section of the Glenwood Cemetery, 
surrounded by a chain link fence. The Haunted McRaven House Located in Vicksburg, Mississippi, the McRaven House is not only the oldest standing house in Mississippi, but it's also said to be in the state's most haunted. Since it was built during George Washington's presidency, it has had plenty of time to have a lot of owners and a lot of ghosts. One of them is said to be that of a young woman who died and gave birth to her first child. She's often seen walking around the mansion in a brown dress with her hair tied up in a bun. There are plenty of Civil War ghosts here too, as the house served as a Confederate hospital during the Civil War. After a dozen bodies from its days as a Civil War hospital are buried on the property, leading more people to believe that the house is a haven for ghosts and quite haunted. The Singing River Siren In 1699, French explorers reported that the Pescola River, which is now known as the Singing River, emitted a strange, unearthly humming sound. Attempts at explaining it in scientific ways have thus failed, leading to a number of legends about the source of the humming. One of the best known legends says a peaceful native tribe once lived along the banks of the river and worshipped a mermaid who lived in it. When Catholic missionaries arrived from Europe and tried to convert the natives, the mermaid became possessive of her followers. She urged them all to drown themselves in the river to be with her, using a mesmerizing song, and they did. Since then, the river echoes the sounds of her song. The Ghost of Helen Johnstone In the 1850s, a 16-year-old girl named Helen Johnstone met the love of her life, Henry Gray Vick. Vick was a few years older than Helen, and her widowed mother made them wait until Helen was older to get married, despite teenagers being common in the area at the time. Finally, Helen's mother permitted them to set a date in 1859, four years after they met. While Helen was getting ready for the wedding, Henry took a boat to New Orleans to buy a suit for the ceremony, as well as some other things he needed for the house in which he and Helen would live together. While there, he ran to an ex-friend, James Stith, with whom he had a quarrel of a year prior. Henry had put James behind him, but James was still bitter and declared to tire bar they both found themselves in that Henry was no gentleman. This was a serious insult in those times, and a tool was in a duel challenged by Henry. James accepted. And although Henry thought bet- better of it later and tried to apologize and back out, James wasn't having it. So a duel was set up following the friends. And with seconds, and the police were informed. They arrived just barely too late to stop it. Henry fired at James and deliberately missed. Missed, fired at, and hit James between the eyes, killing him before he hit the ground. Helen was inconsolable. Henry died only four days before their marriage, and she wore her wedding dress to the funeral and insisted he be buried in her family cemetery, which he was. She spent hours there each day for months, regardless of the weather, sitting on an iron bench and talking to her love. Her family finally took her to Scotland for a year to visit relatives of her late father, and she seemed to a bit recovered when she returned. However, she insisted only she ever be buried next to Henry, no one else. Ten years later, Henry married a local minister who told him up front that while she was be a good wife to him, she would never love him like she loved Henry. The minister accepted that, and they lived happily together. While Helen was eventually buried beside the minister, her girl stopped seeing Henry around Henry's grave, miles away from her own. 
sometimes weeping, sometimes brushing the leaves away. Here's uh, something I found on Reddit. Any cryptids in Mississippi? So there's this thing in my backyard behind my wood house. I saw it the first time. It was just a shadow. It's about seven or eight feet tall, very skinny, with long arms and legs, and looked like long fingers or claws. But the first time I saw it, it was about 10:30 at night. I was walking through my house and I have very large windows so you can see pretty good at night as I was walking by I saw this thing looking from behind a tree and as soon as I saw it it took one step and disappeared never seen anything that fast and went left I heard it's on golly scream it sounded like a mix of blood curling screech a bear growl it had to be loud before I heard it from inside let's just say I didn't sleep that night then there was last night I was sitting in the living room I heard a bunch of dogs going off outside, which is common because we have a lot of strays and around here. So I walk around, ha uh, walk outside, and see what's going on. And I see this thing bent over, eating the fucking dog about 40 feet in front of me. And it was about 11 p.m. And we have motion sensors lights outside, so they turned on. And I stepped out the door, and what I saw shook me to the core. It was like I said, about eight feet tall. Bent over, its skin was gray and it looked like it was just covering bones and very little muscle. Its hands were covered in blood with long black claws and its face would give me nightmares so the day I died. It had sharp teeth, its eyes kind of glowed yellow and its cheeks were sunken in. I don't know what I saw last night, but I think it had to be a Wendigo or a rake or something. Any help would be appreciated. Undefined this thing, please. We all know real life can suck sometimes, and your boss accidentally seeing you in your underpants on Zoom last week doesn't help any. That's why Reluctantly Codependent Sisters, the Shira and Rashalia, keep you enthralled and in stitches every week with their podcast, Legendary Africa. Every Monday and Friday, we take you on a journey of mythical lands, magical objects, and monstrous creatures, both ancient and modern. Find Legendary Africa on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you feed your ears. And remember, stay safe, stay sexy, and stay legendary. It's a rake. It's a rake. Uh, the rake is a creature believed to be a humanoid appearance with several references in folklore and horrific urban legends. Originally appearing on internet on creepypasta, this creature reportedly attacks humans due to unknown reasons and often causes its victims great psychological drama. Several theories as to the first moment of the rake point towards internet threads and online discussions. However, due to occultism, allusions to a creature known as the rake can be found well before these sources could develop the idea. The rake has also been tied to alternative figures such as the Slenderman. Internet meme and subject of several video games based on ancient folklore referencing an unusually tall, skinny man mysteriously lurking in the woods. It is theorized that the rake could possibly be a proxy of Slender Man, subject to its own self mutilation and psychological disorders. 
A YouTube channel showing images and footage captured of the rake was closed down. If you search the rake caught on tape, you'll find a half hour video showing you these episodes. Reproductions by the creature is, is like what is imaged and belies in such scenes depicted in sci-fi films as just alien, past and present. This human life, humanoid life form was never detected to be a million nor reptilian. Yet in a recent video clip on YouTube, the YouTube video clip clearly exhibits and shows how the creature produces by opening the host's mouth, releasing its protozoans, and tested by French kissing. By changing fluids, the okay, sunscreen protozoan moves into the host as the creature grasps around the mouth, having ensure its smooth, rapid movement into a sculptural track downward. Then the rake releases its grip of the host with the protozoan inside. The sensation period is probably lengthy and horrific, although sounded completely no stranger and seen the presence of a horse hair parasite living inside a praying mantis by placing it in the water. Yet, this is not a worm parasite by a living pupa, which evolves into a fully developed humanoid rake. Though, perhaps being somewhat more speculative to nature, the parasite function is inside the host while growing and changing. Describe how the parasite is nourished and fed by the host. It's fed by most hosts until matured. Um, matured uh, once it's fully developed, it lifts itself from the host. The parasite feeds on the host until it has matured fully into a rake. Then nothing releases itself from its host body with the appropriate species. It's entirely dependent on a living human being, male versus female, but the rake must nourish itself like this rato, a living vampire like vampire like creature who's needs a sense of meat and blood, not only human, but on small animals as well. Eradication of the species has not been turned by the recent spate of sightings filmed and documented. Some appear less realistic stage than genuine originators. Other <coughs> firearms provide enough true protection based on its superior agility, speed, and superhuman strength. This, there is yet no known official guidelines for evasive protections, reasoning due to infestation from these creatures. You sell in dark spaces of the ample gamers' conditions, allowing it to be more friendly. And from public areas, they're often saying surrounded by hilly or mountainous forestation. Number of visuals and classifications for the species is still undetermined, yet not limited only to the United USA in many cases. However, limited in scope and territorial range for hunting, uh, cohabitation, regenerations with the same species, extends parts of Europe and Asia. Oh my god. The first account of the rake's existence was a marine log written in 1691 and defined the rake by name. The next account written in the 1800s describes the rake as it had hollow black eyes and being terrifying in nature. In 1964, a suicide note was written in which the author claims to have committed suicide due to repeated encounters with the rake and the fear the creature would torment him horribly. Currently, the most complete and completely fictional tale of the rake was written in 2006. The story begins with her waking her husband up early in the morning. As she sat up at the restroom, she saw what seemed to be a naked, incredibly pale man, or even a large, hairless dog, at the foot of her bed and gasped. Husband curled up when he saw the figure, and after a few months of this, and one last, last motion, the rake scurried to the husband's side of the bed and stared at him for a moment. Second, seconds later, the creature ran to children's room and fled covered in blood as the wife states. The couple approached the room. 
or even a mangled body of their daughter whose last words was, he is the rake. While the husband rushed the daughter to the hospital, he accidentally drove into a nearby lake and drowned with the daughter inside. Several months after this horrible event, a woman began researching the creature she now, now identified as the rake. Through her research, she noticed the pattern of repeatedly visit and reports. What the hell? What the hell? There's lots of boards. Uh, a woman began researching the creature. She is now identified as the rake. Through her research, she noticed the pattern of uh, repeated visits and reports she read. Based on this, she began digitally recording her room each night and listening to the tapes during the day and found out if the rake had revisited her. At the start of the third week, she heard the first signs of a visit in the form of a shrill voice that she immediately recognized. She did not know where she had heard it, but regardless, she knew the sound. She knows that I can't listen to it long enough to even begin to describe it. The woman was later found dead on her floor. Another encounter with the wreck was in 2017. Three girls sighted inside a wood right next to her neighborhood in Austin, Texas. What uh, one of the girls saw it was a cloaked man hunched over the same eyes from her black after this encounter. Another girl later thought it might have been a Wendango. While the last girl thought it was a bush, later one of the girls found a video that had uh, footage in it. When she showed it to one of the girls, they realized that what they uh, had saw only a short away from her. Them was the rake. Okay. Alrighty. Okay. Um. In 1993, Tom and Gray of Ulf, uh, Utica, his camp in Warren County in the swamps of the Big Black River. I was turkey hunting, Gray said. It was probably 6.45 in the morning. I could barely see the ground. Standing on the back porch of his camp, Gray heard a turkey gobble on its roots and decided it was time to go in the woods and set up. I stayed on the back porch of his camp, Gray heard, uh, I took off in a fast trot down the road. Gray said, I could see the road because it was light colored. There was a fence right there. So he got real close to the property line. Gray was briskly walking about two feet from the adjacent property when he heard a loud sound inches from his head. He thought it was a, he was about to be a grisly death. Yeehaw, Brown said he heard. I felt, almost he felt moisture hit the side of my face. I knew something had come out of the swamp and got me. I knew a swamp monster had got me. And screamed like a little girl and fell on the ground and peed on myself. As he sat there, he realized nothing was after him. After it happened, I remember there's a mule out on the property, Gray said. Dane. Thing took 10 years off my life. Linda Johnson Benton was living in Missouri about 20 years ago, wanted to go fishing. I never caught a walleye, Johnson said, so my brother in law at the time was in Connors, small Missouri. Damn, damn, Missouri. Mississippi song. Alright, I just want to give a quick shout out to some of my favorite podcasts I listen to at work. And here they are. Um, and that's why we drink. It's one of them. Last podcast on the, le- last podcast on the left. Uh, Movement Radio. Hilarious. Funny, funny podcast. Check them out. With uh, Chip T- Hazard and Taylor Williams. Talent Williams. Uh, the Pals podcast by George um, Brutalis and Ricky Lorty. Sorry, sorry guys. Uh, pop culture comment. 
uh, splash radio, splash page, right? Voicefication, a broadcast by Lorraine Renee Scuta. Walking the Shadowlands with uh, Marianne Coleman. And Weird Historian. All very good. You can find them on everywhere, I believe. But I listen to them on Spotify. And speaking of where you can find the listen stuff. Let you guys know that um, I Monster Legends Podcast now has a website you can go to listen to all the episodes for free and subscribe to any uh, if not most podcasting platforms such as iHeartRadio Overcast, Spotify, Anchor Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Catch me on links to my social media feed on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That website is monsterlegendspodc.wixsite.com forward slash monsterlegendspodcast. And I'm sure it'd be hard for you to write that down and you might be driving in your car and stuff. So I will leave a link in the description. But feel free to message me and send a voice message through the Anchor app. I'm sure, I'm sure there, there should be a, a thing down the bottom for you to do that. But thank you for listening and thank you for subscribing and thank you for uh, sharing. And please leave feedback on any place you can think of. And I will try to work on making this better for you, the listener. Uh, pretty legendary, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Thank you for listening to this episode of Monster Legend Podcast. Or find more information about. Monster Legend Podcast, go to monsterlegendpodcast.com or anchor.fm forward slash monsterlegendpodcast. There you can find all episodes and platforms on which the podcast is on, which you can describe, subscribe to. You also can email me with questions that will be answered on the show. Thank you. <laughs>